0: With us right now, it's Kurt Wilkin. Kurt, you are the co-founder of Hire Better and you're the author of the new book, Who's Your Mike: A No BS Guide to the People You'll Meet on Your Entrepreneurial Journey. Kurt, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hey man, Josh, thanks so much for having me. I love what you guys are
0: doing for business owners everywhere. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Can you believe they pay me for this? All right, <laughs> Kurt, First, let's let's talk about Hire Better. What what do you what does Hire Better do? You know, we are the uh, the growth
1: partner for high growth entrepreneurial companies. We help them with everything from recruiting to helping them determine what do they need to truly build a next level team. So it's more than recruiting. Think of us as your growth
0: partner. Yeah, and and so where do you see like without guidance, without some deep thought to this? What do you see as kind of the default for a lot of founders, you know, early stage CEOs when it comes to hiring? Yeah. I don't have to think
1: hard because I've seen it a thousand times. It's grow by the seat, go by the seat of your pants, hairs on fire, reactive. We need somebody to fill that seat yesterday. That's how you make a boatload of, of hiring mistakes.
0: Yeah. See, when you do that then, and you're like, okay, warm body. Yep. They'll do the job. I needed them yesterday. Boom. You're in, uh, what are the what are the consequences of that potentially?
1: Well, you've just extended your problem and probably made it worse. In most cases, sometimes you're going to get lucky and get it right. And frankly, the traditional recruiting industry preys on that mentality. They want <gasps> you to move fast. They want to sell you their candidate. And so that's why we do things so differently. Whoa. Tell me more about that. Man, the, the traditional recruiting model, and I'm going to say traditional for the lower middle market, let's the, yeah. the, call it 10 to 200 million in revenue. It's contingent recruiting, which means you don't pay until you provide a body. Right. The incentives are so misaligned that they're not really, uh, they're, they're good ones out there. But for the most part, that model uh, is, is rewards, putting a, a body in the seat, it doesn't reward a long-term, you know, a person that's currently going to grow your company.
0: What is the cost of hiring the wrong person for the role?
1: Well, I like to look at it in two ways. One is exactly the question you asked, which is what most people ask. What's the cost of a bad hire? It's multiple times their salary. It's the time you wasted, the time you tried to invest in bringing them along, the face you lost with your existing team because you made a bad hire or held on to them too long. Most entrepreneurs exacerbate the problem because they don't like to make the hard decision to let somebody go. So it's very, very expensive to make a bad hire. Yeah. The flip side, which is a question not many people ask, is what would I gain from making a kick-ass hire? That's where I like to focus. If you had an A player in that role versus uh, versus a, a horrible person, how far could it take your company? It's amazing what a rock star could do for your company.
0: Um, you know, so there's some different focus areas that that Hire Better is known for. One of them would be C-suite and executives. What is realistic in terms of we need to hire an executive? How long does it take on average to find the right person?
1: Yeah, I would say- At at,
0: that stage?
1: At that stage, especially the lower middle market, you're looking at at least 90 days to 120 days for the right candidate. You can make a hire quicker, but the question is, are you going to make the right hire? And and typically the right person is not looking for a job. They're gainfully employed. So you're having to mm -hmm. deal with exiting their existing opportunity. You've got to have a great opportunity to woo them, to, to make them want to come join your company. So it's very complicated. It's not just a matter of picking candidates off trees. That's for sure. Yeah. How do you woo somebody who's like gainfully employed? Well, this is, I'm mean, going to answer that in two parts too. The first is you've got to have something to sell and you've got to be, and you, and just, you have to be selling them too. Most entrepreneurial companies are like, give me your resume and, and I'll decide if I want to hire you. That's not the case yeah. anymore. The bigger picture, which points to this quote, great resignation is people today are looking for more than a paycheck. They're looking for some a company that means something, that has a purpose, that's trying to do something special. They have a great culture. Those types of things that were soft words 10 years ago are now really
0: becoming table stakes. Right. So what would be some of those things that you've seen, maybe companies that you've worked with that have said, you know what? It's, it's, you know, beyond just the compensation, that's that's a really good, you know, it's compelling for the right person. Like, what are some of those things that we could really lean into? Or maybe it's just a, you know, maybe we need to start with our culture and making sure that it's culture that's very attractive to, you know, bring people that are burnt out from maybe someplace where they didn't feel like what they were, what they were doing mattered. Like, that seems to be Depending on the size of the company, um, that seems like a really important place to start. Uh, Is that really, truly a part of our culture? And if not, how can we get started on that post haste? Because I feel like that's going to make it really difficult to attract in really great mission-minded team members. That's exactly right. And culture,
1: uh, for me, it starts with the, the why, but part of culture is also just the just the way you conduct business and the servant leader uh, mentality that you have or whatever. Those are all interesting too, but the ones who have a, a mission and a purpose, something that they stand for, what are you trying to accomplish? I like to use the, the five why concept that was developed by Toyota. Why are we in business? Why do people care? Why? Just keep asking why until you determine what you're doing. It's easy for somebody that makes... Um, you know, something obvious like we're we're gonna uh, we're doing solar power because we're trying to make the world a better place, right? That's maybe something obvious. It's less obvious for somebody like me and me and you who are helping other entrepreneurs uh, build their dreams. What are what's our purpose? And for us at Hire Better, our purpose we we phrase it in an impact statement. Our, uh, we impact lives by connecting and empowering good people to build great companies. Now that means a lot to my team. We're really trying to help good people. Build great companies. It's less obvious than the solar or, you know, you know something like that. It's uh, it's how we're helping other people achieve their dreams.
0: Um, you had mentioned um, servant leadership, and I think that that's you know that's a term. that you know's been around for a long time. I think it's thrown around sometimes fairly casually, maybe without. Really pausing for a second, well, wait a minute, what does that look like? I and mean, if if I want to live that and not just give lip service to that's the kind of leader I am, how might that look? You know, thinking about maybe some of the leaders that you've gotten to work with, you know, who who have you seen extolling those virtues?
1: Well, first of all, I threw it out there just as a catchphrase. I don't really know what it means. So let me Google it real quick. <laughs> No, for me, servant leader means I'm I'm serving others versus dictating what happens, dictating what you're supposed to do. I'm serving my constituents at, at at large. It's not just about serving our customers' needs or serving our, our, our uh, shareholders' needs. It's what am I doing for the community? In my case, for the candidates and the clients for whom we serve, the vendors for whom we serve. How is that ecosystem work uh, within uh you know within Higher Better to serve a, a greater purpose? So it's not just about making money, and it's not just about dictating or mandating what my team needs to do.
0: Yeah. Um, So, what does it look like uh, when when an employer engages with Hire Better? Um, So typically, they come to us because they they have a need,
1: uh, something that they've identified, or maybe something an executive coach or something has identified. But we help them. Again, we ask the whys. We ask, what is this person going to accomplish? And we're trying to get at not just what this one person is going to try to do, but what does the rest of their team look like? I look at it as a puzzle. If you're trying to go from 10 to 20 million in revenue, you need certain key parts of your team to have been there and done that, had some experience. So I want to find the right candidate in the right role that can slot in with your the rest of your leadership team and help you achieve those goals. So it's more, more chess than checkers, so to speak.
0: <laughs> all right. So, with the um, with the book, uh, who's your Mike? What's the what, what's the premise, or what's what's kind of the, the story behind who's your Mike? Yeah, it's it's
1: a great question. The story is it really starts with a, an article I wrote five years ago that just resonated so much with entrepreneurs. I had to tell a bigger story. So here's the the main premise. And first of all, it's told with a, a, a series of stories. I think entrepreneurs learn from stories. It's also each chapter is a different character that you're going to see on your entrepreneurial journey. And I've, I've, we've classed, uh, we've got 12 of them, but we, we've got more we could, we could always come up with. But the, uh, the title character is Mike. So let me tell you the really quick story of Mike. Mike is your fraternity brother in college. He took three hours of accounting and he was, you guys were thick as thieves and he had your back. You trusted him with your life. You started your business in your garage, and Mike's right there with you nights and weekends helping from his day job. He's doing all the back office stuff that you don't really like to do or know how to do. Setting up your bank account, setting up your LLC, ordering supplies, whatever those kind of operational administrative things might be. You become a real company. He quits his job and becomes your accountant. And he taught himself QuickBooks. And now he's really, you know, again, you trust him with your life. You reward his hundred hour weeks and his lack of vacation by making him your controller and then ultimately your CFO. He's grinding, working over hundred hours a week. But now, now the, the challenges your company is facing are different. Now you're 10, 15 million in revenue. He's trying to negotiate a $10 million line of credit with your bank. He's trying to maybe negotiate a merger deal with your biggest competitor. And Mike's just swirling. He doesn't have a team. He doesn't know how to delegate. He's cheap and he's just never done this before. He's over his head and he doesn't want to tell you because he's too loyal. So the question is, who's your mic, Josh? Everybody's got a mic, whether it's finance and accounting, like my example here, sales, marketing, operations. Every high growth company entrepreneur either has has one, has had one, or will have one.
0: Yeah. Um, and so what is the transformation so i we read the book and by the way who's your mic you can search us right now it's on amazon and, and you have a website as well um, for the book what's that url who's your mic.com well there you go that makes sense uh what's the transformation that occurs by the by the end of the book
1: well by the end of the book we introduce other characters and and there's uh there's three distinct uh, uh, genres from my book. The first one is legacy employees that perhaps you've either outgrown or you've uh, moved around in so many places they don't really know what their role is. And we have what I call intermission chapters, which helps you determine, well, what do I do with somebody like Mike? Is Mike an asshole I need to let go? Is Mike Hmm. uh, coachable? Could I bring in another CFO to help coach him? Do I need to move him into another role? And there's other characters like that. I've got a a section on uh, kind of big swinging, you know what folks that you bring in from the outside to, to be your silver bullet. Rarely are they your silver bullet. I've got an HR, a chapter on culture and HR. Uh, by the way, spoiler alert every entrepreneur ever hates HR. And then uh, I've got a, cha- a section on uh, what I call Next Level Natalie, and that's an operating partner to help entrepreneurs truly um, execute their vision.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Who's your mic? and again the website who's your mic.com. also um at hire better kurt who would make a re- who needs to be picking up the phone or getting on that website asap i'd
1: say if you're a, an entrepreneur trying to grow from anywhere from 10 to 50 million to you know to the you know double or triple your revenue yep. you're going to have people problems um, we we want to be your growth partner and so don't think of us just as recruiters when you have a need but think of us as your a partner who's helped you going to determine what those needs might be down the down the road.
0: Yeah. All right. And that's at hirebetter.com. When they go there, what do they click on? What do they do? Oh, that's a great question, man. Uh, I, <laughs> I knew that question was coming. <laughs> I did. I, I, did. I, I did. I love podcasts that give you activity and give you homework.
1: I love it. There's a, there's a contact us button on, uh, on, on the bottom. I'll make sure it's highlighted uh, uh, very pronouncedly.
0: Pronounced. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right. Kurt Wilkin again you're the um, you, uh, the co-founder uh, of hire better and uh, did you hire a new CEO I did I brought in uh, brought in someone
1: as president a few years ago made him CEO because I felt like he was better at me at that than me and I wanted to do uh, where, where I was best utilized and that's things like this uh, writing writing a book and getting out there speaking about it
0: no kidding, so you kind of shifted into a uh, evan- chief evangelist role, I think exactly exactly yeah. yep. I feel like I'm looking into the future a year or two.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what so many entrepreneurs need that they need to be doing what they are best suited to do, and they oftentimes we don't have the the, uh, the courage to bring in someone else to to hand our baby over to. and so I want to be a walking billboard for that,
0: yeah. Awesome. Kurt Wilkin, thank you so much. Again, hirebetter.com and whosyourmike.com. Thank you so much, Kurt. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest.